Welcome to Streams in the Desert Live, an interactive prophetic talk show with pastor, evangelist, and prophetic teacher, Dana Bohansky, senior pastor of Streams in the Desert Ministries and House Church, where we look at the headlines of our daily news in light of Bible prophecy and give you, the listener, an opportunity to call in to ask questions and share information regarding the signs of the times. This ministry is dedicated to the preaching and teaching of the unadulterated word of the one and only true and living God under the power and anointing of God's Holy Ghost. Streams in the Desert Live is an expansion of Streams in the Desert Ministries. Now, here's your host, Pastor Dana. Shalom and blessings in the name of the Lord Jesus. This is Pastor Dana, and I once again would like to thank you for joining me today, August 3rd, 2016, for the Streams in the Desert Live Internet Radio Broadcast. Coming to you live from the beautiful and breathtaking studios of StarWorldWideNetworks.com, where we look at the headlines of our daily news in light of Bible prophecy. Today's topic title is The Forthcoming Destruction of America. But before we get started, let us pray. Father God, we humbly come before your throne this day. Lord God, we thank you for the beautiful rain that you've sent us here today. We ask that the power and anointing of your Holy Spirit go around the world, bringing the word that you have prepared and ordained here at 1159 in split seconds, just before the imminent return of your one and only begotten Son, who is none other than Jesus Christ. Lord God, we love you, praise you, and give you all the glory. Lord Jesus, we thank you for taking our place upon the cross. And Holy Spirit, have your way in this day. In Jesus' precious and holy name we pray, amen and amen. Well, folks, greetings to you all once again from wherever you are in the world as you join me, your host, Pastor Dana, today for another compelling episode of Streams in the Desert Live Internet Radio Broadcast. As we begin our show for today, I am reminded that since the early 80s, that every August 3rd, I look for something of biblical proportion to take place in our world. The reason I say this is because back in the early 1980s, 1982 to be exact, the Lord God led my mother, Reverend Lois Baker Williams, to, of all things, a secular book titled... The Third World War, The Untold Story. Now, my friends, this book was no ordinary book. It was written by and actually for, according to its content, those who have a keen love and knowledge of our past military history. It was even written by a former military man of whose name is General Sir John Hackett. The Lord led my mom to this book because it holds prophetic weight. What I mean is that as my mom read this book under the leading power and anointing of God's Holy Spirit, 
He, the Lord God, that is, revealed some things in the spirit to her about the days that lie just ahead for America, of which details she has since, for the most part, taken with her to her new home in heaven. Despite the fact that through her sharing, the Lord God did as well leave me with a couple of things that to this very day still linger within my spirit. The first of which I just mentioned is that as she read this deeply rooted, seemingly future blueprint of a soon coming end time war that will forever change the way that this current world operates is that it will all begin on August 3rd. Now, I have no idea what year this could take place, but each year since she shared it with me, I have been prompted by the Lord to watch. The second thing that has always stuck with me is that she said that as she prayed in the spirit one day while reading this book, the Lord kept having her to repeat a phrase during her prayer time in between praying in the spirit, and it was, NATO cometh, NATO cometh. Although the North Atlantic Treaty Organization, or NATO, was formed on August or April 4th, 1949, according to the Lord, it somehow plays a significant role here in the days that are yet to come. Considering all that is now taking place in our world, I was prompted as I wrote my notes for this show to see if for some reason that NATO could or would possibly play a role in the formation of a worldwide police force. And upon doing so, I was led by the Lord to this piece of spiritual food for immediate thought. Written by Stephen Lindman for Global Research, dated September 6, 2014, of which is titled NATO Summit, Global Police Force and Readiness Action Plan Against Russia, of which Mr. Lindman opens by stating that NATO warlords concluded two days of meetings and related activities. Secretary General Andrus Fogg Rasmussen said a readiness action plan was agreed on. It'll strengthen the alliance's defense, he said. It can be deployed on very short notice. Listen up, my friends. It includes several thousand land troops. It complements NATO's multinational response force. It includes land, air, sea, and special forces elements. It's a standalone force available for a rapid deployment maintains up to 25,000 troops. NATO's mission is offensive, not defensive, he said. Later in the article, it is noted that the alliance's U.S.-led open-door policy aims for establishing, listen up, my friends, a global police force to include as many nations as possible, to subordinate member states militaries under its command to operate virtually everywhere to do so extrajudicially. Today, we have decided 
how to make NATO more ready and better connected, said Rasmussen. This is the blueprint for the NATO of tomorrow, he said. With that thought in mind, the question is, just what might America under a world police force in the near future look like? Our next piece is purely prophetic in nature, for it is a vision from the Lord God that was given to a Pentecostal evangelist named A.A. Allen, of whom is best known for his very extensive miracle healing ministry. This vision was given to Minister Allen in July of 1954 and is titled, My Vision of the Destruction of America of which Minister Allen begins by stating, As I stood atop the Empire State Building, I could see the Statue of Liberty illuminating the gateway to the New World. Here, spread before me like an animated map, is an area 60 or 80 miles in diameter. I was amazed that the Spirit of the Lord should so move me there atop the Empire State Building. Why? Should I feel such a surge of his spirit and power there? Suddenly I heard the voice of the Lord. It was as clear and as distinct as a voice could be. It seemed to come from the very midst of the giant telescope. But when I looked at the telescope, I knew it had not come from there, but directly from heaven. The voice said, The eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong in behalf of them whose heart is perfect towards him. Herein you have done foolishly, therefore, from henceforth you shall have wars. Minister Allen says, immediately, when I heard the voice of God, I knew this was a quotation of scripture, but never before had a thing come to me so forcibly by the power of the Spirit. He continues by saying that the ticking of the telescope stopped. The man before me had used up his dime's worth. As he stepped away, I knew that it was I knew that I was next. As I stepped to the telescope and dropped in my dime, immediately the ticking started again. This ticking was the automatic clock, which would allow me to use the telescope for a definitely limited time only. As I swung the telescope to the north, suddenly the Spirit of God came upon me in a way that I had never thought of before. Seemingly in the Spirit, I was entirely caught away. I knew that the telescope itself had nothing to do with the distance which I was suddenly enabled to see, for I, for I seemed to see things far beyond the range of the telescope, even on a bright, clear day. It was simply that God had chosen this time to reveal these things to me. For as I looked through the telescope, it was not Manhattan Island that I saw, but a far larger view. That morning, much of the view was impaired by fog, but suddenly as the Spirit of the Lord came upon me, the fog seemed to clear until it seemed that I could see for thousands of miles. But that which I looked upon was not Manhattan Island. It was all of of the North American 
continent spread out before me as a map is spread out upon a table. It was not the East River and the Hudson River that I saw on either side, but the Atlantic and the Pacific Oceans. And instead of the Statue of Liberty standing there in the bay on her small island, I saw her standing far out in the Gulf of Mexico. She was between me and the United States. I suddenly realized that the telescope had nothing to do with what I was seeing, but that it was a vision coming directly from God. And to prove this to myself, I took my eyes away from the telescope so that I was no longer looking through the lens, but the same scenario remained before me. There, clear and distinct, lay all the North American continent with all of its grand cities, To the north lay the Great Lakes. Far to the northeast was New York City. I could see Seattle and Portland far off to the northwest. Down to the west coast, there was San Francisco and Los Angeles. Closer to the foreground, there lie New Orleans at the center of the Gulf Coast area. I could see the great towering ranges of the Rocky Mountains and trace with my eyes the continental divide. All of this and more I could see spread out before me as a great map upon a table. And as I looked suddenly from the sky, I saw a giant hand reach down. That gigantic hand was stretched out towards the Statue of Liberty. In a moment, her gleaming torch was torn from her hand, and in its stead was placed a cup. And I saw protruding from the great cup a giant sword shining as if a great light had been turned upon it, its glistening edge. Never before had I seen such a sharp, glistening, dangerous sword. It seemed to threaten all the world As the great cup was placed in the hand of the Statue of Liberty, I heard these words, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, Drink ye and be drunken, spew and fall, and rise no more, because of the sword which I will send. Evangelist Allen then said, As I heard these words, I recognized them as a quotation from Jeremiah chapter 25, Verse 7, he stated, I was amazed to hear the Statue of Liberty speak out in reply, I will not drink. Then he says, as the voice of thunder, I heard again the voice of the Lord saying, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, ye shall certainly drink. Jeremiah twenty five twenty eight. Then suddenly a giant hand forced the cup to the lips of the Statue of Liberty, and she began And she became powerless to defend herself. The mighty hand of God forced her to drink every drop from the cup. As she drank the bitter dregs, these were the words that I heard. Should you be utterly unpunished? You shall not be unpunished, for I will call for a sword upon all the inhabitants of the earth, saith the Lord of hosts. Jeremiah twenty five twenty nine. Evangelist Allen then said, When the cup was withdrawn from the lips of the Statue of Liberty, I noticed the sword was missing from the cup, which could mean but one thing, 
the contents of the cup had been completely consumed. At this point, he goes on to say, I knew that the sword merely typified war, death, and destruction, which is no doubt on the way. He further stated that as one drunken on too much wine, I saw the Statue of Liberty become unsteady on her feet and begin to stagger and to lose her balance. He said, I saw her splashing in the gulf, trying to regain her balance. I saw her staggering again and again and fall to her knees. As I saw her desperate attempts to regain her balance and rise to her feet again, my heart was moved as never before with compassion for her struggles. But as she struggled, as she staggered there in the gulf, once again I heard these words, Ye shall drink and be drunken and spew and fall and rise no more because of the sword that I shall send among you. As I watched and I wondered if the Statue of Liberty would ever be able to regain her feet if she would ever stand again. And as I watched, it seemed that with all her power, she struggled to rise and finally staggered to her feet again and stood there swaying drunkenly. I felt sure that any moment she would fall again, possibly never to rise. I seemed... oh overwhelmed with a desire to reach out my hand to keep her head above water. For I knew that if she ever fell again, she would drown there in the gulf. Thou shall not be afraid for the terror by night, nor for the pestilence that walketh in darkness, nor for the destruction that wasteth at noonday. Psalms 91, 5, and 6. Evangelist Allen continues by stating, Then, as I watched, another amazing thing was taking place. Far to the northwest, just out of, over Alaska, a huge black cloud was rising. As it rose, it was as black as night. It seemed to be in the shape of a man's head. As, I continued, as it continued to rise, I observed two light spots in the black cloud, It rose further, and a gaping hole appeared. I could see the black cloud was taking the shape of a skull. For now, the huge, white, gaping mouth was plainly visible. Finally, the head was complete. Then the shoulders began to appear on either side, long, black arms. It seemed that what I saw was the entire North American continent spread out like a map upon a table with the terrible skeleton-formed cloud arising from behind the table. It rose steadily until the form was visible down to the waist. At the waist, the skeleton seemed to bend towards the United States, stretching forth a hand towards the east and one towards the west, one towards New York, and one towards Seattle. As the awful form stretched forward, I could see that the entire attention seemed to be focused upon the U.S., overlooking Canada, at least for the time being. 
As I saw the horrible black cloud in the form of a skeleton bending forward, America, towards America, bending from the waist over, reaching down towards Chicago and out towards both coasts, I knew its one interest was to destroy the multitudes. As I watched in horror, the great black clouds stopped just above the Great Lake region and turned its face towards New York City. Then, out of the horrible, great gasping mouth began to appear wisps of white vapor, which looked like smoke, as a cigarette smoker would blow puffs of smoke from his mouth. These these whitish vapors were being blown towards New York City. The smoke began to spread until it had covered all the eastern part of the United States. Then the skeleton turned to the west, and out of the horrible mouth and nostrils came another great puff of white smoke. This time it was blown in the direction of the west coast. In a few moments' time, the entire west coast and L.A. area were covered with its vapors. Then towards the center came a third great puff. As I watched, St. Louis and Kansas City were enveloped in its white vapors. Then on it came towards New Orleans. Then on they swept until they reached the Statue of Liberty, where she stood staggering drunkenly in the blue waters of the Gulf. As the white vapors began to spread around the head of the statue, she took in but one gasping breath and then began to cough as though to rid her lungs of the horrible vapors she had inhaled. One could readily discern by the coughing that those white vapors had seared her lungs. What were these white vapors? Could they signify bacteriological warfare or nerve gas that could destroy multitudes of people in a few moments' time. Then I heard the voice of God as he spoke again, Behold, the Lord maketh the earth empty, and maketh it waste, and turneth it upside down, and scattereth abroad the inhabitants thereof. And it shall be as with the people, so with the priest, and as with the servant, so with his master, as with the buyer, so with the seller, as with the taker of usury, so with the giver of usury to him. The land shall be utterly emptied and utterly spoiled, for the Lord has spoken this word. The earth mourneth. And fadeth away, the world languisheth, and fadeth away, the haughty people of the earth do languish. The earth also is defiled under the inhabitants thereof, because they have transgressed the laws, changed the ordinance, broke the everlasting covenant. Therefore has the curse devour the earth, and they that dwell therein are desolate. Therefore, The inhabitants of the earth are burned, and few men are left. Isaiah 24, 1 through 6. At this juncture, Evangelist Allen states, I watched the coughing grow worse. It seemed like a person that was about to cough out his lungs. He was as well, 
He as well stated that the statue was mourning and moaning and groaning. She was in mortal agony. The pain must have been terrific as again and again she tried to clear her lungs of those horrible white vapors. I watched her there in the gulf as she staggered, clutching her lungs and her breast with her hands. Then she fell to her knees. In a moment, she gave one final cough and made a last desperate effort to rise from her knees and then fell face forward into the waters of the gulf and lay still as death. Evangelist Allen then says, tears ran down my face as I realized that she was dead Only the lapping of the waves splashing over her body, which were partly under the water and partly out of the water, broke the silence. A fire devoureth before them, and behind them a flame burneth. The land is as the Garden of Eden before them, and behind them a desolate wilderness. Joel chapter 2, verse 3. Suddenly the silence was shattered by the screaming of sirens. The sirens seemed to scream, run for your lives. Never before had I heard such shrill screaming sirens. They seemed to be everywhere, to the north, to the south, and the east, and the west. There seemed to be multitudes of sirens. And as I looked and saw people everywhere running, but it seemed none of them ran more than a few paces And then they fell. And even as I heard, even as I had seen the statue staggering to regain her composure and balance, and finally falling to die on her face, I now saw millions of people falling in the streets, on the sidewalks, struggling. I heard their screams for mercy and help. I heard their horrible coughs as though their lungs had been seared with fire. I heard the moanings and groanings of the doomed and dying. As I watched, a few finally reached shelters. And above the moaning and groanings, I heard these words. A noise shall come even to the ends of the earth. For the Lord has a controversy with the nations. He will plead with all flesh. He will give them that are wicked to the sword, saith the Lord. Behold, evil shall go forth from nation to nation, and a great whirlwind shall rise up from the coast of the earth, and the slain of the Lord shall be at that day from one end of the earth even unto the other end of the earth. They shall not be lamented, neither gathered nor buried. They shall be dung upon the ground. Jeremiah 25, verses 31 through 33. Then suddenly I saw from the Atlantic and from the Pacific and out of the Gulf rocket-like objects that seemed to come up like fish leaping out of the water. High into the air they leaped each headed in a different direction, but everyone towards the U.S. On the ground, the sirens screamed louder, and upon and up from the ground, I saw similar rockets begin to ascend. To me, these appeared to be interceptor rockets, although they arose 
from different points all over the United States. However, none of them seemed to be successful in intercepting the rockets that had risen from the ocean on every side. These rockets finally reached their maximum height, slowly turned over and fell back towards the earth in defeat. Then suddenly the rockets which had leaped out of the oceans like fish all exploded at once. The explosion was ear-splitting. The next thing which I saw was a huge ball of fire. The only thing I have ever seen which resembles the thing that I saw in my vision was the picture of the explosion of the H-bomb in the South Pacific. In my vision, it was so real, I seemed to feel the searing heat from it. As the vision spread before my eyes and I viewed the widespread destruction brought about by the terrific explosions, I could not help thinking. While the defenders of our nation have squabbled over what means of defense to use and neglected the only true means of defense, faith and dependence upon the true and living God, the thing which she greatly feared, has come unto her. How true it has proven that, except the Lord keep the city, the watchmen watch but in vain. Then as the noise of battle subsided, to my ears came this quotation from Joel, the second chapter. Blow ye the trumpet in Zion and sound an alarm in my holy mountain. Let all the inhabitants of the land tremble for the day of the Lord cometh for it is nigh at hand, a day of darkness and of gloominess, a day of clouds and of thick darkness as the morning spreadeth upon the mountains and a great people and a strong, there has not been ever the like, neither shall be any more after it. Even to the years of many generations, a fire devoureth before them and behind them a flame burneth. The land is as the garden of Eden before them and behind them a desolate, desolate wilderness, yea, and nothing shall escape them. The appearance of them is as the appearance of horses and as horsemen. So shall they run. Joel chapter 2, verse 4. And on that spiritually riveting note, my friends, I'll be right back after the break to bring you up to date on a similar vision that the Lord God revealed last summer concerning the forthcoming destruction of America. And why? I was finished, game over. Couldn't carry the weight on my shoulders. At my end, in trouble. Knocked down on the ground, seeing double. But in your love, love opened my eyes. Lifted me up, up, now I'm alive I raise my hands, hands to the sky Singing oh, 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 oh Oh, Lord, I'm a different man You gave me a second chance I was lost, I was falling apart But you came along, you hit the restart You, you, you hit the restart you, you, you hit the restart You, 
able to make all things new. He made me new. How about you? And with that said, my friends, now as promised, our next piece, which appears to be an update from the Lord God concerning the forthcoming destruction of America, and came in the form of a vision dream given to Mr. Maurice Schuyler on July 7th, 2015, posted by Mr. Michael Snyder on his Are These the Last Days blog, of which is titled The Angel of the Lord Over the Statue of Liberty, begins with Mr. Schuyler stating that this week I had a dream. It was a terrifyingly frightening dream. It In it, I saw a huge angel standing suspended in the air over New York Harbor. It looked so large that it covered the night sky. His body was clad in gold armor as if he were going off to war. His face and entire being were so bright that I could not gaze upon him for long. White beams of light seemed to radiate outward from him in all directions. He was standing over the Statue of Liberty. It was night, but I could hardly see the lights around him coming from the sit- coming from new york city as he blazed so brightly with divine light he reached for his belt that was covered with a red sash around his midsection and drew out his sword it was a massive it was so massive it blazed with light and fire all around it it looked at least a 100 feet long I have never felt such fear when I saw an angel before. I just knew this mighty warring spirit had authority from the very throne of God. He had a grim expression as he held his mighty sword over his head with both hands. I could see that he was poised to hit the Statue of Liberty and cleave it in two. I trembled and tried to hide, but the angel was looking directly at me, and I knew there was nowhere to go, that he would not see me. Then he spoke. His voice was like thunder and echoed throughout the whole harbor. He said, how long will you refuse to humble yourselves, O America? You have been weighed in the balances of God and found wanting. You, your beginning was great and noble, but your end shall be disgrace and destruction. Thus saith the Lord of heaven's army, 
armies, the Lord of hosts, time is running out. The bowls of my wrath are full of my fury and judgment. They shall be poured out upon you. You shall drink them down to the dregs every drop. I have come to you day and night pleading with you to return to me for over 100 years. I am merciful and long-suffering. It brings me no joy to judge you, but you have hardened your hearts, scoffed at my warnings through my prophets and my holy servants. I brought you from nothing and exalted you, O America, higher than any other nation, but now you have fallen lower than Sodom. You have sinned greater than Egypt. You have become prouder than Babylon and Persia. You have become more selfish than Rome. You have exalted yourself in your own wisdom higher than Greece. You have more idols and high places of idolatry and luxury than any Gentile kingdom in history. Your beginning was pure and great, but now the stench of your sin and your filth fill my nostrils. I shall cut you in pieces, and you shall reap the harvests of wrath from which you have sown. You shall no longer be the queen of nations. You shall bear your shame and become the lowest of the heathen nations, now as Agag. The word Agag, my friends, means high, like high places. You shall be hacked into pieces. O earth, 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 hear my, hear ye the word of the Lord. Then to my horror, states Mr. Schuyler, this massive sword came smashing down on Lady Liberty. When it hit the top of her head, there was a blinding flash of light and That sword split her in two, right down the middle. Then the sword came again and again against her. It divided her into pieces. As the sword would finish each blow, fires would burst forth. I heard terrible explosions. The vision of the statue ended with an earthquake as it was hacked into pieces and sunk into the harbor. I was weeping and crying out to God for mercy. Never had I seen this side of God before. I had only really known the love and goodness of him. Never had I seen the wrath of the Almighty. Then, as if I was watching from a zoomed-in close-up, the dream shifted, and I started to zoom outward from New York Harbor and started traveling in the air over America. What I saw was horror beyond anything I had ever seen. I saw the United States seem to crack in two with a great earthquake right down the middle. I saw the southeastern United States covered with a giant wave of water from the ocean. I saw a massive earthquake that just seemed to crack off the coast of California. It reminded me of a saltine cracker that just cracked in two. The great cities along the West Coast just fell into the ocean. All the way from Mexico to Alaska, the giant waves flooded inland until much of the West Coast just wasn't there. It had disappeared into the Pacific Ocean. Then I saw three giant rocket missiles that took off into the air 
The two came from out of the ocean waters, and one came from land and traveled a great distance. He says that all of them blew up in the air, one, two, three, in the upper atmosphere within five minutes of each other. It was out near space. They were terrible nuclear bombs, but the last one was the biggest, and it created a huge mushroom cloud over the Midwest part of America. Then the ground shook, and everything just went black. There wasn't any electric light coming out of any homes. Then candles began to be lit and fires, and a little light was seen. There were other nuclear explosions, and many people perished throughout the nation. There was just twisted metal and charred debris, all in the cities that once were tall and majestic. There was widespread looting and gangs roaming about everywhere with guns, stealing whatever food and supplies they could find. Then I saw what looked like, get this, my friends, elite riot police by the thousands, go into the communities and even cities, forced the people out of their homes and brought them into what looked like concentration camps. Some, but not all of these police armies, had light blue helmets on. Hundreds of thousands of people were arrested in this way. Many would not cooperate and were just shot and left dead in their homes. But there were millions of hidden groups that escaped the first wave of these terrible disasters. Revival broke out and a great evangelist and prophets and apostles rose up and began to preach to thousands outdoors and many were saved and born again. Miracles of provision, multiplication of food and water, and astonishing healings occurred. Millions of people cried out to God, and he heard and answered. I knew that this was not just happening in America, but the great tribulation was upon them. And all over the world, these calamities were also taking place. I saw multitudes of tribulation saints refusing to renounce Jesus as Lord. They were starving, many of them, but still refused to take the stamp on their bodies so that they could eat and live. There was what looked like kiosks, that were in every little town. They advertised food and water only if you went inside them and took the electronic mark. Some went in, bowed down to a holographic movie image of the Antichrist, and were branded in their hands and foreheads with an electronic tattoo-like stamp. When they came out, if they came out, they had a zombie-like look, their minds and souls were gone. It looked like they had a spiritual lobotomy. Then those immediately joined the armies of those police units and were given weapons after they were fed and drank and rested in the kiosks. They were like robots doing the Antichrist's bidding. I knew that they were lost forever, but quite a few did not make it out. They were tortured mentally and physically inside the kiosk thing, but if they still refused the mark of the beast, there was a laser that shot through their brain and heart 
and sliced their heads off. Then they were immediately insinuated, nothing but ashes remained. This was the most horrifying of all. It made the Nazi death camps look like a picnic, if that is possible. Millions of people were executed in this way via computer systems automatically with such precision and efficiency that I marveled that something like this was even possible and could take place on such a large scale. The technology was more advanced than I had ever seen. Then I was back looking at that terrible angel of the Lord, and he said, warn everyone, flee from the wrath to come. Repent and turn to Jesus while you still can. Pray that you may escape these things that are shortly to happen and to stand in the presence of the Lord. These things are about to take place. Turn to God and cry out for mercy. Come unto the ark of salvation before the doors of grace close and it is too late. My friends, on that sobering note, our last piece of the day comes by way of another very short but powerful prophetic dream given this year on July 31st, 2016 to Mina Lee Grieben, of which was posted to Z3news.com and is titled, America Will Fall So That the Beast System Can Be Implemented of which begins thusly with this set of scriptures. But they refused to hearken, or in other words, listen, and pulled away the shoulder and stopped their ears that they should not hear. Yea, they made their hearts as an adamant stone, lest they should hear the law and the words which the Lord of hosts had sent in his spirit by the former prophets. Therefore, came a great wrath from the Lord of hosts. Therefore, it is come to pass that as he cried and they would not hear, so they cried and I would not hear, saith the Lord of hosts. Zechariah seven eleven through 13. At this point, Mina states, This is the heart of the churches in America today. You have been warned, yet you refuse to listen. You'd rather listen to the flattering words of false prophets and teachers who spoon-feed you honey laced with poison. Then you devour the true prophets who cry out for your souls. You've become stiff-necked and hard-hearted. You make excuses for your sin and refuse to face it by proclaiming that God is love and love is not harsh. Yet you are blind, led by the blind. America will fall so the beast system can be implemented. We are not living in the time of Jonah. This is not Nineveh. We are living in the last days. We are at the end of the age. Jesus told us that the last days would be that of Noah and Lot, not Jonah. Noah and Lot were both spared because they were found righteous, but judgment still came. This is why Jesus said, pray, ye are counted worthy to escape all these things. You have been warned, no man or woman, president, king, or priest can change Bible prophecy. 
The Antichrist is here and in the works. The only message left is to repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Get your house in order. Wash your robes, purify your hearts, and fill your lamps. The bridegroom cometh. She ends by proclaiming, Come, Lord Jesus, come. My friends, speaking of repent, the Lord Jesus himself says of repentance in Revelation chapter 2, beginning at verse 12, this, which is indeed to be heeded by all mankind, for the central theme of the church of Pergamos is that it was to its own hurt a compromising church. And to the angel of the church of Pergamos, write these things, saith he, which hath the sharp sword with two edges. I know thy works and where thou dwellest, even where Satan's seat is. And thou holdest fast my name and hast not denied my faith. Even in those days wherein Antipas, my faithful martyr, who was slain among you, where Satan dwelleth. But, says the Lord Jesus, I have a few things against thee, because thou hast there them that hold to the doctrine of Balaam, who taught Balak to cast a stumbling block before the children of Israel, to eat things sacrificed unto idols, and to commit fornication. So hast thou also them that hold to the doctrine of the Nicolaitans, which thing I hate, says the Lord. Repent, therefore, says the Lord Jesus, or else I will come unto thee quickly, and I will fight against them with the sword of my mouth, which is the word of God, my friends. He that has an ear, Jesus said, let him hear what the Spirit, meaning the Holy Spirit, my friends, saith unto the churches. To him that overcometh, I will give to eat of the hidden manna, and will give him a white stone. And in the stone a new name written, which no man knoweth, saving or except he that giveth it, receiveth it, rather. My friends, the hour is very late. Black days lie dead ahead, and when the chips are down, mark my words, you will not make it to the other side if the Lord Jesus Christ is not the only Lord and Savior of your life. And for that very reason, in Revelation chapter 3, verses 20 through 22, the Lord Jesus Christ himself gives this invitation to all who will hear his voice and love and obey him as set forth in the word of God, when he states, beginning in verse 20, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door of your heart, my friends, I, Jesus said, will come into him and will sup with him and he with me. To him that overcometh will I, Jesus said, grant to sit with me in my throne or power, my friends, even as also I, Jesus said, Overcame and am set down with my father in his throne or power, my friends. He that has an ear, Jesus said, let him hear with the Spirit in regards to the Holy Spirit, my friends, saith unto the churches.
My friends, God's plan of salvation through the Lord Jesus Christ is found in Romans chapter 10, verses 9 through 13, where Paul begins by stating that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and like I always like to say, my friends, or right living in Jesus Christ, And with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation, says the word of God. For the scripture saith, whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. For there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. My friends, this is a very interesting message that the Lord has given me to bring here to you today. It is in no way anything that I ever could have even fathomed that would be being brought today. The Lord, when he sends this kind of a message where he starts recounting the prophetic words, dreams, and visions that he has given to his prophets over a period of time, whether they be right from the Bible, which has been presented here today, and those from 1954, 2015, and 2016, my friends, he is telling us that he's about to allow something to take place that we have no idea that is on the way and the magnitude of what it will be when it arrives. My friends, you need to get your lives right with the Lord Jesus Christ today, for tomorrow may never come for you. My friends, there are so many things taking place in this world. Uh, Just take, for instance, this last weekend when they had the hot air balloon crash. Uh, you know, there were people on that, that there was mothers and daughters. There were newlyweds of only five months. When they planned that trip, which may have even been a wedding present, if you really think about it, being only married for five months, They never thought when July 30th comes and we get up early in the morning to see the beautiful sunrise and to to float across the skies of Texas to see the beautiful farmland uh, that they would never return alive. My friends, you just never know in what hour your soul will be required of you. And my friends, it is while you're among the living that you must turn your lives over to the Lord Jesus Christ and maintain a personal relationship with him through the word of God and prayer and through the anointing of God's Holy Spirit and walking in the Holy Spirit to be ready, watching, waiting for his imminent return in the catching away of his bride, which is soon and very soon. Because, my friends, soon all the world will be caught up. But the Lord God says in the, in the caught up, the, all the world will be caught up in the, in the uh, tribulation, the Bible says. But those who are ready, watching, and waiting for the Lord Jesus Christ will have gone with him before the time of the outpouring of God's wrath begins to be poured out in its fullness upon the ungodly, the godless, and the antichrist and false prophet of this world. My friends, you do not want to be here for that time. Because, my friends, if you have not made your decision for the Lord Jesus Christ before the rapture, 
and you know in your heart you should have been ready when it takes place, you will forever be left behind to believe the lie of the Antichrist and take the mark of the beast and be in line. You'll be the first person in line to take that mark of the beast, which will forever doom your soul for all eternity. And in the end, you will be cast into the lake of fire with Satan, his evil angels, demons, his false prophet, and Antichrist, and all those who refused the free gift of salvation through the blood of Jesus Christ that he paid for with his life for all mankind that would receive it. With that said, my friends, today I'm going to give you the opportunity to pray to the Lord. I'm only the conduit. That's it. Today, I'm here to offer you the opportunity to say the sinner's prayer, to ask the Lord Jesus Christ to forgive you of your sins. In other words, my friends, it's time to repent. Repent means to turn from your sin, wholly, solely, and totally, and put your trust in no man but the Lord Jesus Christ and the word of God and the power of God's Holy Spirit. And with that said, my friends, let us pray. And if you will say this prayer with me out loud today, if the Lord is pricking you in your heart by the power and anointing of his Holy Spirit to receive the Lord Jesus Christ, don't put him off, for tomorrow may never come, my friends, and you will be held responsible, and you will be left behind. So if you hear the voice of the Lord in the words that are being sent by him here today through the power and anointing of his Holy Spirit, speak these words of prayer with me. It has nothing to do with the words. It has to do with the condition of your heart. The only part that it has to do with the words is your sincerity from your heart to ask the Lord Jesus Christ to forgive you and to begin to walk with him in a personal relationship and in the power and anointing of God's Holy Spirit that you may be ready to go when the time comes. With that said, my friends, let us pray. Father God, we humbly come before your throne this day and bow down. Lord God, we thank you for this wonderful day and all the words that you have brought in us here, that they speak volumes of the prophetic things that are facing, that we're facing soon in the future. Lord God, thank you for your one and only begotten Son, who is Jesus Christ, who came to take my place upon the cross of Calvary. Lord Jesus, I bow before you, spiritually speaking, this day, and I ask, Lord, with a broken and contrite heart and spirit, that you would please forgive me of my sins and receive me into your family, your eternal family that begins here on earth and continues for all eternity when you come to take us out of this place. Lord Jesus, I thank you for forgiving me of my sins, and I know that you are faithful and true to do so, and I know that this day, through my confession of my sins before mankind and you, Lord Jesus, that you have forgiven me of my sins, and I am now your child. Holy Spirit, I ask that you would have your way in my life, that you would bring all things to my remembrance, and that you would use me, and that you would lead me and guide me into all truth and righteousness, that you would help me to know God's word, know it well, and know it correctly for myself. And I ask it all in Jesus' precious and holy name. In Jesus' name I pray, amen and amen. My friends, if you said that prayer today and you meant it from the depths of your heart, get yourself in with a a Bible that is a study Bible. King James Version is the only version there is as far as I'm concerned on the face of the planet. And today, right now, you're about one minute old. And with that said, it's a wrap. Shalom, shalom. 
shift. Read the book of Revelations for yourself. Join Streams in the Desert Live each Wednesday at 4 p.m. on Star Worldwide Networks, where your host, Pastor Dana, will examine the headlines of our daily news in light of Bible prophecy. Streams in the Desert Live thanks you for listening, for your phone calls, emails, and as always, your generous love offerings in support of this internet radio broadcast. You may also visit or email Streams in the Desert Ministries, home of Streams in the Desert Live, by way of the website or Facebook page, which can be easily found on the StarWorldWideNetworks.com Streams in the Desert landing page. Until next week, Streams in the Desert Live bids you all much love in Jesus and that the peace of the Lord Jesus be unto you all now and always. And remember, if you're not serving Jesus now, what makes you think you'll be doing it later in heaven?